Christmas season is in full swing, right? Right? How many of y'all love this time of year? You see the decorations out, Christmas lights. We have some Christmas trees out, some Christmas lights, some decorations. You see the lights, decorations, Christmas music playing. You're probably listening to it. People out shopping for gifts. My wife and mother-in-law are out shopping for Christmas gifts today. I told a friend that, and he said, man, just pray, pray. So it's like, okay, I, I, maybe I need to know. She's, she's good about that. And so uh, maybe you're preparing your, uh, your Christmas menu. Maybe you have already. You maybe do a big Christmas dinner, family and friends over, you know. Um, and these are all great and enjoyable things. Like I say, for some of y'all, it may be your favorite time of year. For other y'all, others, when it comes to the Christmas shopping, you maybe loathe that. And you're like, I can't stand Christmas shopping. How many of y'all is that? I see line, a couple of people. Some of y'all love it, though, bouncing around town and grabbing you the, the I don't know, what's the Christmas-like coffee now, the latte or something? Eggnog latte, there you go. I was trying to think of it when I was preparing it, and I was like, I know they got these Christmas flavors, but I couldn't think of what it was. Eggnog latte. What, what other Christmas coffees they have? Pumpkin caramel latte, okay. All right, so yeah, so, you know, you have all these things. And again, these are all great. And, and before I go any further, I enjoy Christmas too. I enjoy this time of year. It's always, you know, the year is winding down. Usually you start slowing down. People have vacations. I usually take vacation around this year. Big family gatherings, you know, um, it's always a great, great time of year. But I have a question. In the midst of all of this, do you plan on talk, taking the time this Christmas to tell your children, your friends, maybe your coworkers of the purpose of Christmas? And if so, a lot of y'all probably do. If so, what will you tell them? Although we usually focus on the birth of Jesus at this time of year, his purpose in coming to the earth was not to just give us a sweet picture of a baby in the Bethlehem manger, right? I mean, we do celebrate baby Jesus during Christmas time, but we all know baby Jesus grew up, right? So let's read the, 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 the Matthew's account of Jesus' birth. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. In the New Living Translation, it says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son. You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we love your word. Lord, I pray increase the hunger for your word that, that, that we have. If we don't have any, I pray that you would spark one. If we have a hunger, may it increase. May we say like the prophet Jeremiah that we have a fire. Let your word be like a fire that just shoots up in our bones and that we cannot contain it. Lord, tonight, help us to receive, uh, uh, apply, and live out your word. Give us the grace give, that we need to do this. Give me the uh, anointing and the clarity uh, to explain and to share your word tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew word Yeshua, which means the Lord saves. So the name appropriately describes his word, as Matthew records, he will save his people from their sins. That little baby that was born, was born to die for you and me and thus pay for the forgiveness of our sins. He was born to die on the cross that we might be reconciled to God. 
And you might be saying, man, Brandon, why are you talking about that? Well, people rarely think about the cross at Christmas time because it's a time set apart to celebrate Jesus' birth. But if you look in Philippians chapter 2, Paul connects these two thoughts. And that's what I want to talk about today, from Christmas to the cross. Look at Philippians 2, 5 and 8. And look at what Paul says. He says, he connects the two. He says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born, there you go, as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Paul, he connects the two thoughts of what we celebrate as Christmas, the birth of Jesus, to his ultimate goal for coming to the earth, which was the cross at Calvary. Amen? I know there's even been songs written. I know one of, one of Cassie's favorite you know, worship bands, uh, Shane and Shane, I think, have a song called That He Was Born to Die, right? It's probably on their Christmas album, I'm sure, too, huh? And so, maybe, and so, um, help me out here, boo, come on. No, just joking. Um, but he connects the two thoughts. So let's, let's, with having the mindset of Christmas, I want, I want to just, tonight I want to challenge you, okay? So before I go any further, I want to challenge you. And, and I've, I've preached something similar to this the last couple of years. It's kind of a seasonal message, I guess you can say. But last year I preached something along these lines two days before Christmas. I didn't know until today I was going to go into this direction. I had another train of thought that I'll probably go in next week. Um, but since it's the, it's the first week of December, right, we pretty much have the whole month of December, at least three good solid weeks before Christmas. I want to challenge you to be in a more evangelistic mindset this Christmas than maybe you were last year. I want to challenge you tonight to, to, to look at Christmas through the lens of the cross and through an evangelistic lens of thinking, you know, because the truth is some people, maybe not. You know, Christmas has got very commercialized over the years. Matter of fact, a couple years ago, I started loathing Christmas because of the pressure of buying gifts for people that I barely see. Come on, somebody. Can I, can I get an amen? And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm feeling the pressure to buy gifts and spend money for people I see maybe once a year, you know? It's like, I don't think this is what Christmas is supposed to be about. It's all, a, I know it's about giving. Look, I like giving gifts. It's, it's, it's great. But, you know, I, I, I want to get it back down and even go even further than just, you know, feeling warm and family. And that's great. I want to do that. And we're going to talk about that. But I, this, just think about this message tonight through the context of being evangelistic. I really want to look, this is an evangelistic Christmas message. I want to challenge you these next few weeks. We should always be evangelistic, right? We should be light and salt. Pastor Kelly did an amazing job this morning. He preached on being salt to our children here in the school this morning. And he did a great job talking about what salt is. Jesus said, we're the light and the salt of the world. So we should be evangelistic and, and, and have a, a witnessing mindset all through the year. But Christmas, I believe, is a time that we can capitalize on that because people are more open to talk about Jesus and things like that, right? Most people. And I'll just say this, and I'm, let me just, I'm going to get on a soapbox just for a minute. I don't know what it is, but every year it seems more and more that your Merry Christmas is being substituted by Happy Holidays. You notice that? 
So the mainstream media and most commercialized places are trying to get rid of the word Christmas and to take Christ out. As I thought about that today, look, I'm not trying to be over spiritual, but I begin to think, man, you, you can, I believe that's part of the spirit of the Antichrist to just continue to erase Christ out of everything that we do. And then it's just like, okay, happy holidays, make everybody happy and just take Christmas out of it. But, you know, you can't, you know, take Christ out of Christmas if you say Merry Christmas. I'll say this again. Me and my wife were talking about this. We laughed about this the other day that we were talking about this a couple years ago. And again, I just noticed it again on TV. But me and my wife was like, we're going to make a point. No matter who says happy holidays, we say Merry Christmas to everybody, okay? And like me and my wife was walking out of a store one day and uh, I, and I think they actually told us Merry Christmas too. I don't know if they said happy holidays. You don't mind if I share this, huh? Because I can stop now. But it was just funny. It was funny though. It is nothing. It was just, as we were talking about it, we were just walking out and somebody told us have a good day or something. Cassie was like, Merry Christmas. And it was like very abrupt. And it was just like, it was so funny, you know, because I think she was just, we were stirred up by what we were talking about. So she made a point like, I'm going to tell you Merry Christmas. And she didn't do it in a mean and disrespectful way. It was just funny because she was just like fired up about, hey, we're going to keep Christ in Christmas. Amen. So in saying all of that, Let's look at this verse we just, I just shared a little more about the purpose. Jesus died, was born to die. And I know, again, it's not typical what you hear around, but it's true that he was born to die. This is really the Christmas message. Let's look at this. Number one, he gave up his divine privileges. We're going to just peel these back a little bit tonight. This literally means that Jesus emptied himself. That's what he means by giving up his divine privileges. It literally means he emptied himself. God bankrupt heaven by giving us Jesus, and Jesus emptied himself of all his divine privileges for us. Amen? This is the ultimate expression of, of, of divine self-denial. So, so God had his only begotten son. He bankrupt heaven. He, he gave his best is what I mean by that, right? He gave his best. He gave his all. To send us Jesus. Then when Jesus got here, he emptied himself of his divine privileges, uh, of, of everything. In other words, what that means is that when Jesus came down, he was fully God and fully man when he was born and grew up as a human. But he, he made a decision that I'm, I, even though I, I am God, I'm going to give up my, my privileges and my rights of God. I've talked about that before. If you think about that, because I had a mindset before, like when you read the scripture and it says Jesus answered their thoughts. I always love that. I'm like, cool, man. That, that, that's awesome. He can answer their thoughts. How many of y'all would like to answer your spouse's thoughts or your children's thoughts? Right? Some of y'all probably already try to do that, but that's a whole nother message right there. Right? I see some couples looking at each other already, so be careful now. But you would think, well, yeah, of course he can do that, but he was Jesus. But listen, follow me here. The Bible says right here in this verse that he emptied himself. He, he laid down his, his, his divine, what, what does it say? His divine privileges. So what that means is that when Jesus came down, he could have, in a, you know, did everything because he was God, but he supernaturally emptied himself. And that's why the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon him without measure. So in other words, he was a human just like us, and he had to depend on God through the Holy Spirit just as we do. That's what that scripture means. So just so you know that. So he, because he, he was trying to show us, he was giving us an example that this is the ultimate way to live the Christian life, right? But he did that for me and you because he had to be fully human to go to the cross and take our place. So God bankrupt heaven. I begin to think about this. Most people won't uh, empty their bank account to buy you a Christmas gift this year, right? Or to buy a gift, right? They're not going to give their all to give to you. Most people, even not around Christmas, but even in a bad situation, they, some might, 
But most want, but he, he got bankrupt heaven and then Jesus emptied himself. Number two, he took the humble position of a slave, it says in verse 7. The word humbled in the Greek means to be humble, to be lowly, and to be willing to stoop to any measure that is needed. That's what that word means when Jesus humbled himself. He was willing to stoop to any measure that is needed. And we're going to see what that is in a minute. Think how much humility would be required for God to shed his glory and lower himself to become like a member of his own creation. Think about that. Jesus was there during creation. Right? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That, that's speaking of Jesus. Jesus was there at the beginning. The Bible says in Genesis, let us create humans in our image. Speaking of the Trinity, that's plural, right? So he humbled himself from the King of glory to be a part of his own creation of what he created. Consider the greatness of God's love that drove him to divest himself of his entire splendor to become like man. Think about this. This is amazing, particularly if you think of how often the flesh recalls, like our, we, we, we dis, almost like the flesh despises having to humble ourselves before people, right? But that's what he had to do. Ultimately had to humble himself to stoop down to every measure, the lowest measure needed in order to reconcile us back to God. Christmas is the true story of a king who traded his royal robes and took upon himself the position of a slave. That term, it, it actually means where uh, king, kings would do this in, in time and time again back then where they, for a couple of days, I guess, to keep themselves humble amongst the people, he would go and exchange his royal robes with maybe a homeless person, you know, just to stay connected with people. That's, that's the picture there that it has when he says that he humbled himself for us. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Number three, it says there in Philippians to eight, that he humbled himself in obedience to God. He humbled himself in obedience to God. It was God's will that Jesus died for the sins of humanity and Jesus was obedient to the Father's will. See, he knew it was coming down the pipe, but he still, he still had to make a choice and be obedient to it, right? Right? Amen? He did. If you didn't know that, he did. He knew it was coming, but he still had a choice. The word obedience is a combination of two Greek words. And when these two words are combined together, they picture someone who is a few things. Under someone else's authority, listening to what the superior, that superior is speaking to him. And after listening and taking these instructions to heart, this person carries out the orders of his superior. So he, he, he knew, obviously, the plan of the father. He took it to heart. We see in the Garden of Gethsemane where he even prayed, Lord, if, if, if you can take this cup away from me. See, he was battling there. He was 100% human like us. He knew what was awaiting at the cross, but he took it to heart. He was, he was praying about it like, I don't want to have to go through this, Lord, but if this is the only way he prayed, your kingdom come. Not my will, but your will be done. And he made a decision in the garden that night as he was sweating drops of blood to go to the cross for us in obedience to the Father. He did all of these that were just described in obedience for us because he had us on his mind. Now, this, this, uh, this is what the word obedient means in this verse, and this is what obedience means for us as well, right? So I, I begin to think about this. If Jesus was obedient to the Father for the sake of us, shouldn't we be obedient to him? He was totally obedient 
to the will of the Father, taking on the, the, the and I'm going to talk about it a little bit in this next point, the cross. So why, why would we not be obedient when he tells us to do something? When he tells us, I mean, how many of y'all here Sunday for Brother Larry's message on about, basically we're talking about obedience when God tells you to go, to go. If God tells you to do it, to do it, that's such an encouraging word. But why wouldn't we be obedient? Because we know that the Lord is going to be with us. And then I just, had, I just had this thought. When the Lord tells us to do something and go somewhere, as Brother Larry says, he's always going to be with us. Jesus was obedient to the Father, and he knew that the Father would have to turn away from him in that moment. That's powerful when you think about that. He knew that the, the, the Lord would have to look away and he would be abandoned. He said, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And the Lord had to look away. And yet he still was obedient. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The fourth thing we see here in this verse, it says that he died a criminal's death on the cross in verse 8. See verse 8, the second part of verse 8. See, in the Roman Empire, crucifixion was a cruel and humiliating punishment for criminals. It was genuinely the worst death a person can ever endure. It was the worst death someone can ever endure. And we must remember that he did absolutely nothing wrong. He was spotless. He was sinless. We were the ones who broke God's laws. And Jesus went and, and took the cross for us. And you got to think, just physically, it was the worst death somebody can endure. A lot of y'all have heard teaching of the cross. A lot of y'all have seen the passion of the Christ. And even that was, as gruesome as that movie was, even that was a light depiction. Because the Bible says you couldn't even recognize he was a human being when they were done beating him. You could recognize the actor on that movie. So you think about that. And then, just the physical aspect of it. But you have to think, when you think about this, you think about that Jesus literally had the weight of the entire world's sin upon him. You know how you ever, you ever get news of someone, and even though it's not like didn't happen to you, let's say a close loved one has a loved one that died. Now, that person that died wasn't directly connected to you, but someone you dearly loves, say they lost someone that they loved, or maybe they lost a job, or they're just going through something. And, you know, you just have this burden for them. Like you carry in like, man, I'm hurting for this person. You carry, Think about the burden, because that, that's an emotional and mental burden you carry. Think about the burden of everybody's sin, past, present, the people that were right there. Jesus was dying. Those same people that were nailing him to the cross, he, was, he, he had their sin. And in every, all of us, years, literally over 2,000 years later now, and no telling how long, the weight that was upon him. And he endured all of that, being totally innocent. Just think of it. Almighty God, clothed in radiant glory from eternity past, came to this earth, formed as a human being in the womb of a human mother, emptied himself of his divine privileges, took the humble position of a slave, and was totally obedient to God the Father for one purpose. So he could one day die on a cross to purchase our salvation. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's really the Christmas story because that was the whole purpose he was born. We stop in the manger for Christmas, but this was the purpose of Christmas ever happening. Of what we celebrate as Christmas, we know, you know, it's the day we celebrate Christmas. But it's, that's why the, the name of this message is from Christmas to the cross. And so, you know, we must continue to remember that during Christmas time, during every time. And when you begin to talk to people this year about Christmas, don't just stop at baby Jesus. Tell them that Jesus grew up. 
He became a boy. He became a teenager. He became a man. The greatest man ever walked this earth and went to the cross for me, for you, and for them, whoever it is you're talking to. Amen? Amen. That's the real meaning of Christmas. So not only did he die to grant us eternal life in heaven, but he also wants to give us the richest life here on earth. Amen? I mean, if that again, that would be enough. If Jesus died just so we can get to heaven and spend eternity with him as we sing and think about it, 10,000 years and then forevermore, we're going to get to be in his presence and worship for eternity, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and it never stops. Can you wrap your brain around that? I can't. You ever try to do that? Like the beginning and the end, I always try to like, okay, God just always was here. Like you try to think about that because there's always a stop and end point and then eternity's never going to end. You ever try to stop? You ever stop and think about that? And it's like, okay, but then after thousands and thousands, but no, it's just going to keep going. There's no end. God always was and always will be, the Bible says. We can't wrap our brains around that, right? So if he died to save us and, 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 and our life continued to be rough and hard and just, I mean, which it still is sometimes, but you know what I mean, and, and there was no freedom, no peace, no joy, no gifts, no power, that, that would still, he never had to do that, right? But it doesn't stop there. Literally, it just starts there. Our eternity starts here on earth when you think about it. Because whenever we get saved, our eternity starts now. If I die today, my eternity begins. Does that make sense? I remember a friend of mine saying that, like, really, our eternity starts the day we get saved. Because really, when we die, we don't really die. We just cross over to the other side, right? We just drop the shell, absent with the body, is present with the Lord. So not only did he grant us eternal life in heaven, but he wants to give us the richest life here on earth. One of the main things that we do during Christmas time, which is great, is we give gifts to one another, right? Right? Amen? You still like getting gifts? Right? You still like getting gifts? No? Some people are saying, no, no, not really. And that's, and that's cool. Same thing. Um, but, you know, gift giving was God's idea, right? We just talked about it. the first gift that he ever gave was the greatest gift ever, as I just spent the first 15 minutes talking about. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So let's look at a couple more things tonight. That he has given us here on earth. We know that he has given us eternal life. Jesus came, was born as a baby, went to the cross to secure our eternity. But let's look, I mean, obviously, there's, we can go on until Christmas Day and talk about all the things. But just a couple more things I want to share tonight that the Lord gave us. Again, gift giving was his idea. A couple more things. Only Jesus can give you true satisfaction. Only Jesus can give you True satisfaction. We, people are going to probably give you a lot of stuff for Christmas. Maybe they already have started giving you maybe treats or candies or maybe gifts or whatever, right? Some of y'all, you know, might have got a bonus or something whatnot. But listen, John 10.10 says this. The thief's purpose, purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Listen, it doesn't matter how much we get. What people give us this Christmas or the rest of our lives, none of those things will truly satisfy. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? You know, and it's fine. It's fine. Look, I enjoy Christmas. Please know I'm not trying to put a damper on Christmas. Y'all do understand that, right? I don't want y'all to walk out of here like, he was just like a Scrooge tonight, you know? That's not what I'm doing. Y'all, y'all, I hope y'all are hearing what I'm saying tonight, right? I, I mean, everybody likes getting, getting gifts and giving. Jesus has more blessed than giving than receive. But I, I, you find that no matter what, like, you, you, nothing satisfies you. It does maybe in the moment, you know, but, but you know, 
things wear out, things break, things rust, things in. You know me, I all know that I'm, I love hunting. You know, I can go on like the best hunt I've ever been on and I'll be satisfied for that day, that weekend. But then I'm like, man, I hope next weekend is just as good too. You know what I mean, right? It, it doesn't satisfy because you like, the more, you, more it, you get success, the more you want to have success, right? Whether it's hunting and your business and, you know, you know your marriage or whatever. And those, those are good things. Again, I, that's the kind of stuff, that's one of the reasons I like this time of year because it's hunting season, right? It gets cold and you got time off and whatnot. But none of that stuff truly satisfies. No matter what it is, even the good stuff, your marriage, you, you got to realize your spouse is never going to 100% satisfy you. If you got young couples in here, I'm sorry. They won't. If you're going into marriage thinking they're going to fulfill my every need, I'm going to break the news to you now. If somebody else has it, that's not going to happen. But marriage is a great thing. Marriage is a blessed thing, you know, right? But, but, but people can't satisfy us. Only Jesus can give us the rich and 100% satisfying life that we all desire. Now, marriage and, and, and church and Christmas and, you know, those things are all part of God wanting to give us a blessed life. That's all part of it, right? Those things are good. I enjoy all those things. I enjoy Christmas time. But only Jesus can truly give us that, that satisfaction. So, again, in the mindset of, like, you know, witnessing the people and sharing Christ and sharing the love of Christ during Christmas time or any time of the year, man, you know, that's great. You know, we, we celebrate all those things, but we need to remember for ourselves and to remember to tell others, listen, you know what? Them new shoes you get for Christmas, they're going to get a hole in them. <laughs> or they're going to get like crazy freak things happen. I bought a pair of new shoes and then I went on a trip. Me and Pastor Todd went somewhere on a conference and, and, and I put up my shoes in a suitcase. And the next time I got home, there were light color shoes. Next time I came home, I looked and there was something red on my shoes. It was some suede shoes and there was something red. I'm like, what is that? Figured out it was makeup. How did I get makeup on my shoes? Because I borrowed my mother-in-law's luggage and she probably had makeup in there. When I put my shoes, I got red makeup on my suede shoes. <laughs> Things like that happen, right? New shoes get makeup on them. That was a random thought I just had, but that's what happens to things, right? You know, good thing I'm not looking for shoes to satisfy me, right? Whatever it is, that's the kind of stuff that happens, right? You get a new car. You ever see like a, a new nice car? You pass by a wreck and you look and it looks like a brand new car. Right? Or like just a nice car, like, ooh, that one hurt a little bit more, I think. That, that, you know what I'm saying? Those things happen. And whatever it is, if you're looking to your job, for money, for, I mean, hobbies, sports. I mean, come on, how many of us know down here in Louisiana, especially this year, our, our football teams are not going to satisfy us, right? Come on, somebody help me. I need prayer, right? Come on, Jim, you can help me out, right, brother? Pray for me. <laughs> You know, right? I mean, we, we, those things are all good, but that, y'all know what I'm saying. I know I'm driving this point home. I've just got to continue to learn that the hard way, right? I sit there and I'm like, Lord, only you satisfy. Only you, tr- you're the only one that could satisfy my soul, the deepest longings of our lives. Again, the Lord wants us to enjoy all those things I talked about. But listen, he said the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he came. That we may have life and life abundantly, our rich and satisfying life. So this is talking about our life here on earth, right? So all the, the, the greatest longs of our heart can only be satisfied by Jesus. Remember, when you see the manger, the nativity scene, that baby came to be a, come be a man to give us all the satisfaction we'll ever need. Amen? And then the last thing 
uh, and, and just I want to share is that the Lord gives us comfort through tough times. And I, I've been saying this a lot. It's been on my heart a lot this year, and I've just mentioned it again. But again, I know the holidays are hard for some people. Some of you may be in this room, and maybe not. Maybe, you know, but I, I know the holidays can be a hard, a tough time of year. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 5, and if, if you've heard me preach, you've probably heard me use this scripture. If you've been in a funeral I've done, this is my go-to scripture because it, it, it means so much to me personally. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You see that again? God's heart is a, is a giver, right? God, God's, giving was God's idea. And in the toughest times, again, around, you know, Christmas, New Year's, and this time of year, you may be having a hard time. I, I, I promise you, God wants to comfort you. I, I share this every time. I've shared it up here, and I've shared it every funeral I've done. I, I'm not just sharing the scripture because it goes with my point. My point comes from the scripture. And I know this to be true because when I, you know, tragically lost both my dad and my brother, the Lord has comforted me over all these years. And I'm up here tonight offering you that same comfort. I know this is to be true. He comforts us so we can comfort others when they need it, right? Maybe the greatest gift you can give somebody this Christmas is some comfort. Amen? So maybe you're not hurting. Maybe you're not struggling. As I just, I just thought about it, maybe I was supposed to share that today, tonight to, to encourage you is that that could be a great gift to give somebody is wrap your arm around them, hug them, and offer comfort. Maybe you have the same similar story as me. You've lost someone close to you or lost maybe, you know, multiple family members. And you can, the Lord has helped you through it. And you can wrap your arm around somebody, love on them, and say, man, it's going to be all right. But you must come to Jesus. Again, it's a great inroads to introduce people to Jesus. I tried. When my dad died and I was 19 years old, I tried to comfort myself with drugs, alcohol, you know, promiscuity, all that stuff, all the partying. And it, none of that stuff worked. Matter of fact, it just made it worse. But when you fast forward six, seven years later, I get saved. I, my, well, five years later, I got saved. And then years after that, my brother tragically dies. But it was different. This time I knew the Lord. Actually, he died during a time of prayer and fasting. And, and I was already just deep in a, a time of prayer and fasting. And, and, man, the Lord helped me through that time. And, and this scripture really is, that, that's when the scripture was concrete for me. And, and realized, man, the Lord will help you and comfort you. So you can you can. Offer that comfort to people. And if they don't know the Lord, say, man, all this other areas of life you're trying to find comfort in, it's not going to work. It's temporary. Yeah, it might work for the night when you're medicated or drunk. But when you get up tomorrow, it's just going to be worse. How many of y'all can testify to that? So we can offer comfort to other people. That could be the greatest gift that you give them. If you are the one that's hurting, I'm going to plug it in, and I just said it, this Sunday, 3 p.m. in the F building, Surviving the Holidays, Grief Share. If you haven't signed up for that, the table's in the lobby. You can go and sign up. I encourage you, jump in that. It's two hours, and it's two hours that are going to be well invested to help you in these next few weeks and months. Again, giving was God's idea. As the Father gives us comfort, we're able to comfort others as they hurt. So as you celebrate, in conclusion, as you celebrate Christmas, be sure to remember the cross. It isn't just a time to reflect on the baby boy who was born in Bethlehem so long ago. That baby boy was God manifest in the flesh. He was born to die for you and for me. Jesus was so willing to do whatever was required in order to redeem us from Satan and sin, to give us a truly satisfying life, and to comfort us when we need it most. That is what Christmas is all about. Amen? 
Not only should we remember this, but again, we should share this with those who need it. Let me give you one more little encouragement before we go, a little challenge uh, in, in being a light and witnessing to those in, in during this season. Luke 8, 38 and 39, the Bible says this. After Jesus had, had healed a man, it says this. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Again, it's a great time to be a witness during Christmas. You know, people may be, like I said earlier, people may be more open to it. I love how Jesus said, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you, right? Christmas time, we're around a lot of family usually, right? Maybe around a lot of family that we don't see on a regular basis. Hey, listen, during those times... You can share with them like, the, like Jesus told the man to do. Go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. You know, listen, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to know all the Bible. But, you know, you can tell your story, right? Everybody loves stories, right? Isn't that right? Everybody loves stories. I was telling Pastor Kelly the other day, too. He's a great storyteller. I was encouraging man. You know, everybody loves to hear stories. Share your story with people. I remember one year... Um, <laughs> Not long after my brother-in-law, Cassie's brother, got saved, uh, we were at a family, uh, a family Christmas, you know, a gathering, and he had just got saved, and they had asked him to, I think, like, open up in prayer, bless the food or something like that, but my brother-in-law wanted to take it a step further. He's like, man, I want to share my testimony with my family. I was like, dude, this is awesome. He even asked me, said, hey, hey, can we go, let's go outside and let's go pray before I'm a little nervous. You know, he was, I said, yeah, absolutely, man. I said, I said, that's awesome, you know. We were both actually laughing because he was like, man, back in the day, we'd be going outside to do something else, you know. Now we're going outside to pray, you know. So we went outside, and man, we, we prayed. And, and, and he went before his family and I think he, he might have had something written out and he wrote out his, you remember that? You remember that? I think he, he wrote it out and, but it was powerful. Here he had all his family around him. People that, that knew him from years that man, you know, he wasn't, Jake wasn't known as the godly one of the family, right? Just like I wasn't, but he shared his testimony with his whole family and he opened up in prayer and it was so powerful. Telling you can sense the presence of God there. You know, such a he used the opportunity uh, on this Christmas gathering to share his testimony and share Jesus with his lost family. Amen. Great example. Uh, and then, then look what it says. So he went through all the time proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. It's not just our family we need to proclaim Jesus to, but everybody, right? Anybody said that he went throughout the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done. Listen, when you're out and about and you're shopping, doing your Christmas shopping, getting things ready for Christmas, maybe at work, you're at Christmas parties, you know, let people know about the great things that Jesus has done for you and let them know that he wants to do great things for them as well. That that little baby, once again, that we celebrate during Christmas time, grew up to be the Messiah. You remember we started Matthew he said that, you know what, this is the account of how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He was born. He grew up. He died, was buried, and was resurrected so that we could have eternal life and have the most satisfying life here on the earth. Amen? Come on, let's share that this Christmas. Why don't you stand up with me as we close? Amen. Well, the greatest gift that you can receive this Christmas season is what I've talked about probably 80, 85% of the time this night, tonight, and it's the, the free gift of salvation. 
If you wouldn't mind, everybody bow with me, every head bowed, every eye closed. And, and you know, tonight as I, as I talked about the true meaning of Christmas and Jesus being born and to go to a cross and die for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins, to reconcile us back to God. If you would say, Brandon, I'm not sure I'm in a right relationship with God. I don't know if I've accepted that free gift of salvation. Again, gift giving was God's idea and God so loved you. Put your name in John 3.16. God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That word not perish doesn't mean you won't die physically, but it means you won't die spiritually. Because if you don't know Christ, when you close your eyes for your last time on this earth, it's eternal separation from God. The Bible calls that hell. When we die, it's either heaven or hell. But Jesus went to the cross. Remember, we broke God's laws and Jesus took the price, the penalty, the, 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 the punishment for us so we can spend eternity with him. So if you say, Brandon, I'm not sure. Whatever head bowed, every eye closed. Brandon, I'm not sure that I'm in a right relationship with God. I don't know if I've ever accepted God's free gift of salvation, but, but I want to. I want to be forgiven. I, I, want, to, I want to be saved. I, I want to have, make sure that when I die, I go to eternity. I want to spend, that I go to heaven and spend eternity with the Lord. If that's you and you say, Brandon, I'm not sure I'm right with God. I want God to forgive me my sins. I want to enter into a relationship with him tonight. Just slip up your hand if that's you. And I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to call you up here. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I want to make sure that, that nobody leaves here tonight not sure if they don't know the Lord. If that's you, just slip up your hand and say, Brandon, I need to get right with God. I need to be saved. I see your hands back there. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, this is the greatest gift that you're ever going to receive in your whole life is right here, the gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else before we pray? Thank you, Lord. Well, for those of you that have your hands raised, and we're going to all pray this together. The Bible says if you confess with your with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. The Bible also says to repent of your sins. That means to confess and turn away, and that the Lord will forgive you. So if you, if with those you with your hands up, if you believe this, I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And as a family, we're all going to pray it with you. And the Lord is going to touch you and forgive you and save you tonight. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that I've sinned. And Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Lord, I thank you for taking my place and taking my punishment on the cross. Lord, I receive the greatest gift ever given, salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I want to live for you. Lord, give me the grace and give me the strength to do that all the days of my life. I want to be pleasing to you. Lord, help me to be a light and a witness to all of those around me. Help me to tell my story of all that you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't we give our new brother and sister a hand clap tonight. Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For those of you that that, that raised your hand, I, I, you, there's a... Um, card in the pew right in front of you says I made a decision with a green strip on the top I want to encourage you to fill that out and uh, you can drop it in the box on your way out or in the info center you can come up here and, and give it to one of us whenever we're done well father we just thank you tonight let me pray over you now I want to pray come on how many of y'all want to be a light and want to want to be a, a, a witness to those 
around you, not only this Christmas season, but all your life. God, I just felt like I, need, I want to pray God, a boldness upon you. Amen. The Bible says in Acts that when they're in the upper room praying, that, that the Spirit of God f- filled that place and it began to shake and that they begin to proclaim the Word of God with boldness. Come on. How many of y'all want a holy boldness? Not to be weird, not to be harsh or to be hard, but in a loving way to just proclaim Jesus. Amen. Come on. I want to pray a boldness and anointing on you. Come on. If you desire that, just lift your hands to the Lord. I believe the Lord wants to impart something into you tonight into all of us I want to be more bold for the Lord I want to have more compassion for Jesus come on it's the compassion the love of Jesus that's going to change lives amen Father I pray Lord God over all of us all of us with our hands up everyone that's desiring Lord God to be a greater witness for you to be bold Lord not only this Christmas season but every day of our lives Lord I pray that just a supernatural a, a powerful anointing to win souls Lord God to make disciples to be evangelistic in a loving and compassionate way. I pray that the compassion of Jesus would fill and flood our hearts, Lord God. That we would love people, Lord God, with an unconditional love, even when we don't agree with them, even when we don't uh, agree with what they're doing, Lord, or their views or their lifestyles. Help us to love them like you loved us, Lord Jesus, like you do love us. We know it's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. Help us to, to be witnesses in love and in kindness and with compassion, Father God. I pray for a boldness, Lord. Your word says that the, the, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Lord, I pray for a holy boldness to share the truth of the gospel, to share our story, our testimony of what you've done for us and how Jesus wants to change their lives. Lord, I pray Lord, that you would use us in a great mighty way. We thank you, Lord, for the greatest gift ever given through your son, Jesus, our salvation and all the gifts of the spirit, all the peace, the joy, the comfort, the rich and satisfying lives, Lord. Lord, we know there's so much to be thankful for, so many gifts you've given us, and we thank you for them, Father. We give you glory, honor, and praise tonight. I pray your blessing, your grace, and your increased anointing to be upon every person in here as they go tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, I love y'all. We love y'all. God bless y'all, and Merry Christmas.